It is The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. We are about to get into our Bible study, and today we're going to be reading all about Jehaziel. Jehaziel? Yes. Dude, that is an epic name. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You should name your child Jehaziel. That's actually a pretty cool name. It's not bad, actually. It's not bad. I'd go with that. Oh, dude, there's like a famous basketball player right now. His name's Ja Morant. Jehaziel, like Ja, could just be short for Jehaziel. Yeah. Just, you, just, you get called Jar in Australia. Just yeah. call Jar. Yeah. Jahaziel. Jahaziel. It works. That is an epic name. Yep. Wow. Uh, well, we're going to get into another question we for the quiz. Question for the quiz and a whole bunch of text messages. Mm-hmm. We have heard from so many of you in the first half of the show. We've got everybody stirred up this morning. Mm-hmm. This is this is good. This is good. We'd love to hear from you guys. And uh, so do send your text messages through and also send them through about the Bible study as well. We'd love to hear what your thoughts are on today's Bible study. Love to hear your thoughts about Jehaziel and what he was up to. Mm. Okay, let's jump into uh, the question for the quiz. Okay, our question for the quiz. What three things shall the Lord himself descend from heaven with? 0491 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. If you do, you will go into the draw to win our KJV Bible with Mark Finley Study Helps. This is an amazing big leather Bible that will give you absolutely for free, provided you answer these questions correctly and enter in to the draw. Again, that number was 0491-064-669. And that question was, what three things shall the Lord himself descend from heaven with? All right. Raphael has texted through with this one. There is only one reason and answer. God used the cat. Amen. For those of you who may have been who may have missed the first half of the show, we had a story about a cat who sensed that its owner was having a heart attack, woke the owner up so that she could get help and her life was saved. Mm. And we were like, well, did the cat have come some kind of sixth sense or did the cat just randomly do this or did God use the cat? Mm. And it was very uncharacteristic as well. That that was the yeah, point that, was, that the that article was, the was making. It's like, like the cat's never done this and now it's doing it. So interesting. Very interesting indeed. Okay, let me just scroll back. Hey, Lawson, this one goes right back to the beginning of the show where your thankfulness was all in relationship to food. Uh-huh. Braco says, hey, Lawson, you cannot live on bread alone. Amen. But by every word that proceeds in the mouth of God. I've in just... fact, I've been trialing that in my life. Oh. By, by actively not eating dinner. And I, and I found that it's actually, you know, you just rely on the Lord. It, it works. Maybe maybe you should start. Um, maybe you should add lunch to that next. Oh, okay. So just brekkie and see how that goes, and then add brekkie to it, and all the world's problems will be. No, amen. Okay, so Rachel. I think this one's from Rachel. Yes, Rachel has this to say. As a teacher, I think it is absolutely um, shooting themselves in the foot. This is in relationship to Queensland finding teachers mm. who didn't get vaccinated. Yeah, wow. uh, every man and his dog has had COVID in our school. I was made redundant for seven months because of my stance. And while I, as a healthy person, was unable to serve, every teacher who had the jab twice or three times still got sick and had to take time off. It was spread by those who had jabs since the students were all jabbed. But I, the healthy one, couldn't do a thing because of the mandates. Mm. It's just stupid. Move move because more teachers will leave the already scant profession. Who on mm. earth thinks of these things? Yeah, Face well. palm, Rachel. Yikes. Then we have Braden who says, the cat story is pretty amazing. I would definitely attribute it to God. Mm. He created the cat and history shows that animals are definitely used by God. Mm. Balaam's donkey. Agree. 
then we've got, I know we are allowed to like different things, but how can you not like God's creation? <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Okay, all they're coming right. after me. Wow, they're that's coming awesome. after me today. That's they're coming awesome. after me. That is such a valid question, too. Wow. Okay. I will defend myself. Mm-hmm. God's creation has been marred by sin. <laughs> all right. How can you not like? There are lots of things in God's creation I don't like. Mm hmm. Yeah, I'd agree. I, I was talking, yeah, I, I was could make to, a fairly decent list of things I, was, I think the world would be better off without. I was talking to someone yesterday about my death, like deathly phobia of hornets and wasps. Yeah. And how yeah, I just could live without them. don't want to be around them at all. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, anyway, uh, and I know house cats are not the same cats that will be in the new earth. Okay, all right. I, I will accept that. Mm. But I'm okay with that. Just a bigger cat. Is just more to love. Oh man, I'm getting mm. smashed. Just getting mm-hmm. smashed here this morning. Uh-huh. Uh, let me see. Awesome cat story. Thanks, Lawson. They are amazing creatures. Very encouraging to hear such a positive cat story from Janelle. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. I have a picture of Janelle's cat on a cushion. Uh huh. Yes. That's cute. Kind of, yes. <laughs> uh, fantastic stuff, guys. All right, the fines that the education in Queensland are trying to hand out is just stupid and spiteful. I think spiteful is the word here. Mm. They had a financial penalty by not being able to work and then they want to try and put more on them regardless of where you stand on vaccination. This wrong is this move is wrong and hopefully these teachers will be able to find work in other schools or states that will value them. Um, also, the inconsistencies from the Queensland government at the start, the kids were allowed to go to school because they were low risk and it was okay to put teachers at risk then. But when the vaccine became available, it was put forward that teachers need to be vaccinated to protect those vulnerable students. So what is it? Are the kids vulnerable or are they low risk? Sorry, Randover. Mm. Uh, that one's from Braden. Valid question. Um, this one says, thanks, Lyle, for highlighting freedom of conscience and freedom of speech, two very important liberties. God bless our listeners. That's from Paul, listening up in Gloucester. Gloucester. Uh, Then we've got Chris who says they need to repopulate Scotland with wolves and bears. (laughs) It's like how do you solve the deer problem? Well, they did this in Yellowstone and it worked. Mm. So why wouldn't it work in Scotland? See, this is the thing, though. Do you want the presence of wolves and bears in your national park. Or yes, I actually do in a national park. Maybe not my backyard, but a national park. I want to go and see bears and wolves. Okay. I actually do. I, I'd, I'd pay money to go to that national park. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, let me see here. Saving the national park with sausages by culling deer. At least the deer is not being wasted. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, venison is supposed to be very tasty. Now scientists are trying to save humanity by giving us crickets to eat. I wonder what else they're putting in our food. Mm. Uh, teachers fine for not being vaccinated, $1,600 plus. Last report I read, 10,000 people a day are dying worldwide every day due to the vax. Let me assure you, many people are still talking about it. The problem is it's been removed from the main news. As you can see by the fines, they are still not after, they are still after those who are not vaxxed. You haven't seen anything yet. Um, of course, we're not able to verify those figures independently right here, but that's the text message. Mm-hmm. Blasphemy laws, a great way of killing and putting in prison Christians. Keep the Sabbath, 
keeping the Sabbath will be considered blasphemous in the near future. I've got a story coming up on that. Mm. Didn't have time to squeeze it in this morning, but it's going to be a really interesting one. Probably share that one tomorrow morning. It will be a day late, but I doubt you've heard it. Mm. So we always try and, and share stories here that are uh, less than 12 hours old. Mm. This one's going to be 24 hours old by the time I get it to you. Mm-hmm. I'll guarantee you haven't heard it on the news. Mm. All right. Uh, what have we got? Fascinating information about salt and its use in ancient cultures. In the future, we will probably we will probably want to do the same. Just consider a blast from the sun could very easily fly or fry all electronic equipment in one day. That's not even considering EMPs, electronic electronic magnetic pulse weapons, possibly have just skyrocketed. Mm. Interesting. I just I just proved my ute from those kinds of weapons, mm. and the sun the other day. Oh, wow. No longer requires electronics to run, which is <laughs> I'm very happy about. <laughs> and it runs, praise God. Started it yesterday. Okay, where are we up to? We had oh, so many text messages here this morning. We've just been, uh, we've just been flooded. People got stuff yeah. to say. They do, they Good do. I'm just making sure that I'm just having a quick run through here to make sure I haven't missed any. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've got them all. No, no, no. Some down, <laughs> some down here at the end. Ash was used for used for their waste more than salt does the same thing. Salt was rare in a lot of places back then mm. and cost money. That's uh, Freco. That's on the interview. Mm. And, yes, salt was used as a currency. Mm-hmm. So true with smells. When I smell pine trees, I'm drawn back to fond memories exploring my grandparents' Farm, that also mm. from the interview. So, yeah, you guys had a lot to say about the first half of the show this morning. We love that. So keep sending us through your text messages and your questions for Question of the Day. We always need to keep that going. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. All right, time to get into our Bible study. Time to read all about Jehaziel. Yeah. I love, I love, I love the topic of like smells that are associated with memories. Cause like one of my fondest smell memories is every time I smell two stroke, then I just have a flashback to when I was a kid and riding motorbikes with my dad. And it's just yes. so funny. Cause it's like the most chemical gnarly smell ever. But I'm like, it's so fond. Yeah. Like, a lot of people out there have a nasty reaction to that, particularly the asthma. Yeah. And, oh, dude, I'm, like, in no way going to sit in someone's exhaust and sniff it. But it's like you smell two-stroke and I'm like, wow, what a time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1 to 30 is where we are reading. But let's just sort of give us a few, give us a bit of an introduction here. Let's... Uh, Mm. Uh, read down through the first introduction of this, and then we will talk all about it. It's going to be interesting. So we are going to Second Chronicles chapter thirty, and starting in verse one. One. Second Chronicles chapter twenty and verse one. Oh, two thirty. Chapter twenty and verse one. All right, here we go. Here so, what about Jehoshaphat? We're going to read about Jehoshaphat as well. Uh huh. What do you think about that for a name? No, I don't like it. No, me either. It's not going to work. Ends with fat. Yep. I feel, this I feel is bad. not going to work. Not in our society. No. Nah. But Jehaziel, that's, a, that's, yeah, a, that's kind yeah, of a yeah, banger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, like... that's going to work. That's going to work. <laughs> need to bring it back. Someone needs to bring it back. Who's having kids out there? Are you having kids? If you're having kids, we've just put our recommendation in for a name. Jehaziel. Go yes. for it. And maybe that could be kind of like a, a non-gendered name. Like yeah, you could gender it. Jehaziela. Yeah. But you could just be Jehaziel and I think for a 
if it was a, a girl being named Hazel, it'd still be pretty valid. You can non-gender any day you want these days. Yeah, that's right. Anyways, let's have a look at Second Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 1. It says, After this, the armies of the Moabites, the Ammonites, and some of the Meonites declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, A vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already at Hazazan Tamar. This was another name for En Gedi. Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. Help. Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord. He prayed, O Lord God. God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are the ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are so powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. Oh, our God, did you not drive out those people who lived in this land when your people Israel arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. They said, Whenever we are faced with any calamity such as war, plague, famine, we can come and stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us and you'll hear and rescue us. Okay, okay, let's stop there for a moment. We've got a whole bunch of things that we need to talk about here. So here you've got a coalition that forms, and this is a very interesting coalition because it's mm-hmm. a coalition made up of enemies, and it's a coalition based up on the principle of the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Mm-hmm. And it's in the Moabites, the Midianites, and the Edomites, I think it was you said there. It's the, the Moabites, the Ammonites, the... the Ammonites, the that's me, right. The Midianites. Midianites, yes. Okay. So the Midianites... Moabites and Ammonites Mm -hmm. have united together and formed a coalition against Judah. Mm. Now, these are nations that hate each other. Mm -hmm. You know, the the, the Ammonites and the Midianites, they they, they go to war with each other. Mm -hmm. And so they have gone, you know what, we have a common enemy. Let's just get together and, you know, there's four nations here living in our region. Let's make it three. Mm. You know what's going to happen after they make it three. Then they're like, well, let's make it two. And then they're like, I'm going to make it one. Yeah. That's how it always goes. So, all right, this coalition has formed. And you can imagine this coalition is possibly a little bit fragile, Mm -hmm. particularly if you are a warrior in one of those nations and your family has been wiped out. Mm by one of the other nations that are there. You can imagine that there would be some very, be some hurt. There some would feelings. be some tender feelings between these different nations, but they're like, you know, let's put all that aside and let's just go and wipe out. Let's just let's just wipe Judah off the face of the planet. Mm. And you can imagine that it would be a relatively easy thing to do because you're not talking about Israel. Israel was made of 12 tribes, Judah is made of two. Mm. And so it's a micro nation. And these are major nations. Mm-hmm. These nations have a much longer history in many ways uh, as a nation because you know they were already established nations, established in their land when Israel came out of the desert. Mm-hmm. The Bible doesn't actually give us a number right there. It just says it describes it as a vast army. Mm-hmm. And you can imagine when there's three nations, which are all three of them, as a single nation are bigger than Judah. Mm-hmm. 
when all three of them unite together, it's going to be unconquerable. Now, when you study ancient history, you're going to find that 99.9% of the time, battles were won due to the army having the most numbers. Yeah. It was a numbers game. It was as simple as that. And you have rare occasions when you have a master strategist on the other side who is able to win a battle with a smaller number of people because of good strategics or because of good morale. Mm. And those are the two things that might balance it in the other favour. And then you have the master master strategists who are actually able to fight an asymmetric war. Mm -hmm. And in fighting an asymmetric war, they are able to... Uh, with a with a with a with an, a minuscule force, mm-hmm. destroy the enemy, and so but those those occasions are just incredibly rare. Yeah, that's right. Nearly all the time, these battles were decided on weight of numbers. It mm. was just that simple. You can you can go back and study history, and it's weight of numbers, weight of numbers, weight of numbers, weight of numbers. It's always the way it is. And so Jehoshaphat is faced by this, and it's interesting to see his reaction because if I was in charge at this particular time, I know what my reaction would be. Mm-hmm. And my reaction would be, okay, let's decide which cities we can hold Mm. and let's fortify those cities and fill them with provisions. Yeah. Let's sacrifice those towns and villages that we can't Mm -hmm. Uh, and then it would be a matter of, okay, let's create scorched earth in front of them so they have to, their supply lines have to exist all the way back to the other side of the Jordan. Mm Mm-hmm. So stretch their supply lines out. You know, I'd be thinking of all of these strategic kind of considerations. I'd be like, let's grab anything and everything that looks like remotely like a weapon and turn it into a weapon. Mm. Let's fill the cities with sling stones and arrows and things that can be used from the walls. And let's calculate, you know, how long can these particular cities withstand a siege? Yeah, and I think it's definitely coming from a perspective and an understanding that, oh, we are the smaller force that is oh, under, yes. under attack. Oh, like, yes. Like, we are, this is damage control. I did some calculations based on the population of the size of Judah at this particular time, and they probably would have been able to field about 40, 47,000 men. Mm-hmm. And you can imagine that each one of these armies uh, would have been able to field on its own more than that. Yeah. And there's three of them. That are so you can together. have 150, 200,000 200, men coming your way. Whew. And you've got 47,000. Wow. Now, you could work on the theory of a defender who is defending behind fortifications. There's a kill ratio of one to three. Mm-hmm. And so you could look at that and say, okay, maybe we can hold out if we rely on our defences, but that's going to destroy your nation. Mm. You're going to come out of that siege walking skeletons if you win. Mm. And you're going to come out of that siege with an entire country that has just simply been wrecked. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's what Jehoshaphat is facing, and that's how I would have reacted. You know, I would, I, I'm a very much a task-focused person, and so I would be like, okay, this is our task. This is where we start. This is what we do. And this is how we're going to defend ourselves. Mm. Jehoshaphat doesn't. And because of that, I have important lessons to learn here. Mm. So what does Jehoshaphat do? Well, instead of instead of building his fortifications, creating a strategy and providing supply, because he's got a little bit of time, mm-hmm. a big army like that is going to move a maximum of 15 kilometres a day. Mm. He's got a little bit of time, but not much. Mm. So he stands up and he says, everyone, stop eating. We need 
to pray. Yes, and you could think of him saying, stop eating, we need to preserve our supply. No. <laughs> he says, let's fast and pray. Let's go to God mm. with this one. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And we are continuing in our Bible study. Uh, we've had some great text messages for the first half of the show. We would now love to have some text messages in relationship to the Bible study, so do send your thoughts through on mm. uh, the story of Jehoshaphat. We are about to get up to Jehaziel's contribution to the story. Mm. And right now we're going to have another question for our quiz. Like the seal of God, the mark of the beast will be received in the forehead, but the mark of the beast will be in what other body part? 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer. If you do, you're going to the draw to win our KJV Bible, our amazing leather Bible, which is yours. Literally, we'll just give it to you for free. All you have to do is win the draw, and all you have to do to get into the draw is answer these questions correctly. And again, that question was, like the seal of God, the mark of the beast will be received in the forehead, but the mark of the beast will also be in what other Body part zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Okay, so Jehoshaphat is facing an army that is about to literally wipe Judah off the face of the map and obliterate it. You can mm-hmm. see what Satan's plan is here. He wants to wipe out the existence of Judah and every single Jew that has ever you know that that lives at this particular time. And uh, he does the exact opposite of what many of us would do and what you would expect. Mm. Because he tells the people to do nothing but pray. And, and stop eating. And stop eating. And he tells them to come to Jerusalem. Now, what you've got to understand is that these are the worst strategic considerations that you can make. Mm. This was something that when the Romans took Jerusalem, they specifically waited until Passover. And the reason they waited until Passover to lay siege to the city was because of so many people who would turn up there for Passover. The city would have like double its population and then they laid siege to it by doubling the population inside the city the half the amount of supply the city had. Mm. That's why they laid siege to it at that particular time was so that they could have as many people in there poss- as in there as possible so that the supplies would run out all the sooner and their siege would actually work mm. jehoshaphat he's about to be laid he knows he's about to be laid siege to he knows this army is what 5 days away at the most mm. and he's like everybody come to jerusalem mm. It's the worst idea. Mm-hmm. It should be everyone fortify your local fortress, mm. whatever that fortress might be. No, everybody come to Jerusalem and pray. Yeah. Which suddenly is not the worst idea. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's uh, let's keep reading this story and let's see what happens. Continuing on in verse 10, the Bible says, And now see the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir are doing. See what they're doing. You would not let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt. So they went around them and did not destroy them. Now see how they reward us, for they have come to Throw us out of your land, which you gave to us as inheritance. Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what 
to do, but we are looking to you for help. And all the men of Judah stood before the Lord and their little ones, wives, and children. The Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaniah, son of Jael, son of Mataniah, a Levite who was a descendant of Asaph. He said, listen. Oh, the psalmist. Yeah. He's a descendant of the psalmist. This is going to be important. Uh Uh Asaph wrote a whole bunch of psalms. He was a prophet and he was a psalmist. Uh And he was a professional singer. Wow. So Jehaziel is also a prophet. Mm Mm-hmm. And as it turns out, probably also a singer as well. Now, he says, Listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. But... You will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Yeah, wow. What an incredible passage that we've got right here. Mm. One that's actually quite famous, been put to song. It's been put to song a couple of different mm-hmm. times. Mm. Uh, where was it, that particular verse? Let me find it in the KJV version. Uh, where was it? Mm-hmm. Which, where did you just read about you will not need to fight in this battle? Uh, verse 15. Verse 15. Verse 15 on, like verse 15 to yeah. verse 18, basically. Verse 17. This is the song right here. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand your seal, see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Mm. Powerful passage right there. I wonder whether producer Shell can find that one for us. She's looking for it. She's looking. <laughs> she's getting she's, it she's gonna. She's going to find that song. It's an amazing song that has uh, amazing passage that has been put to music. And you can understand here um, that we get a piece of music from a descendant of Asaph. Asaph wrote so much music. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is that Jehaziel, the descendant of Asaph, he comes forward with this particular message and uh, he shares it with the people. He's also the descendant of Benaniah, who was a warrior. Mm. So he's descendant of a song leader and a warrior. Mm-hmm. So he understands the strategic position that they are in, probably mm. because of you know his family, where he comes from, and he's like, let's go sing. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you know, let's let's just, let's just go sing. Uh-huh. Uh, which is a bizarre way to fight a battle. Mm-hmm. And what's also interesting is he's like, okay, if you go back up here, um, he tells them where that they will be found. Uh, I think it was verse 15. He said, listen, Judah and the inhabitants. Oh, no, not there. But somewhere he's, he says where they'll be found. And they're actually going to be found in a, in a place that is actually a strategically good place to take them on. Yeah, coming up through the accent of the ascent, sorry, of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens up into the wilderness of Jeruel. Yeah, which is a great place to... Uh, if you've got a smaller force, mm-hmm. you've got the high ground. And if you've got yeah. the high ground, if you can control the high ground, if you maintain the high ground, then you are in a good position to fight a battle, not the war, mm. but fight a battle and weaken the enemy. Mm. You can weaken him at this particular ascent. You might hold him there for a day or two. That would then you know, give your 
your soldiers and your citizens an opportunity to further fortify. You can you can fight a delaying action right here. Mm. Um, but Jahaziel is like, nah, let's let's go sing. Mm. Okay, keep reading for us. It continues on. Then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshipping the Lord. Then the Levites from the clans of Kohath and Korah stood to praise the Lord. Also, sons of Korah there too. Yes, yes. The God of Israel with a very loud shout. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you'll be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you'll be able to succeed. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. At the very moment they began to sing and give praise the Lord caused the armies of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir to start fighting amongst themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they began to destroy the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived to the lookout at the point of the wilderness... All they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as the eye could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. Yeah, that alliance fell apart pretty fast, <laughs> didn't it? Okay, Braden says, There's such a good example. We need to take all things to God, the small and the big, the bad and the good, only through his help and guidance. Can we get through life's trials? But this is a lesson often learnt in pain and suffering. Mm. And Raphael says, if God did not intervene, Satan would have totally destroyed Judah, Israel, and Jesus would not have been able to come. Mm. The destruction of their enemies was paramount. Um, interesting how God did it. Yeah, really really good text messages coming through there on this particular uh, subject right here. And what a story. They mm. don't fight. They just send out a choir. Mm. And the choir goes singing in front of the army, and the choir wins. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. It is time for Question of the Day. Before we have Question of the Day, we have a... Answers for the quiz. Answers for the quiz. Okay, so who wasn't mentioned in Hebrews 11? It was Joshua. Who killed Sisera, the Canaanite? That was Jael. Which book records Jesus saying, I am the good shepherd? That is the book, the gospel of John. Which, what three things shall the Lord himself descend from heaven with? A shout, the voice of an archangel, and the trumpet of God. And finally, like the seal of God, the mark of the beast will be received in the forehead, but the mark of the beast can, uh, which body part will it be received in as well as the forehead? The right hand. Got a text message coming through here. Sneaking this one in the end. Good morning. I looked into the meaning of Jehoshaphat and how it resembled Jesus leading. Jehovah equals Jesus is God. Jehoshaphat in Hebrew, the Lord is judge. Jehoshaphat, Jesus the Lord is judge. Goes well with the study today. Thank you, Wayne, for sending that through. It is now time for... Question of the Day. All right, our question of the day today is from Thomas, and he asks this. Explain 2 Timothy 3.16 and how it harmonizes with the Trinity. 
I think I think that question said your version. Yeah, your Trinity. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Okay, so don't blame me for what the Bible says. Uh-huh. <clears throat> uh, this has got nothing to do with my version. This is what the Bible teaches. Okay, so let's talk about 2 Timothy 3.16 and how it harmonizes with the doctrine of the Godhead. I'm going to use the term Godhead here because that is the term the Bible uses. Uh, some people do not like the term Trinity because that is not a biblical term. So let's talk about the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, actually, and before I even read that, I just want to say how much I appreciate it when people give me a, a passage of Scripture to, to read to our listening audience. Mm. Uh, it is always a blessing and it is always a good thing and it's always good to be challenged with Scripture. Mm. Love it when people challenge me with this verse or that verse. It's always, yeah. Okay, so here comes the verse. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, the Bible says all. Mm. Key word there, all. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Okay, so how does that harmonize with the doctrine of the Godhead? Very easily. Every single verse in the Bible that there is about the Godhead defends the concept of the Godhead being three persons. Mm. Starting in Genesis chapter 1 and extending right the way through the book of Revelation, you're going to find verses that reference the Godhead. So, for instance, if you go back to Genesis chapter 1, and, you know, you can't get you can't get earlier in the Bible than Genesis 1. You know, in the beginning mm. God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was out, form and void. Darkness was on the face of the deep. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Okay, those are the first two verses of the Bible, and you've got two members of the Godhead right there. You've got God the Father, and you've got the Holy Spirit. But then you go over to uh, Colossians, or is it Colossians chapter 1, I think it is as well, and the Bible says that it wasn't just God the Father, and the Holy Spirit who was there. The Bible says about Jesus, it says he's the image, this is verse 15, of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, for by him, that's Jesus, were all things created that are in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether they are thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And here's the key right here, verse 17, and he is before all things, <laughs> and by him all things consist. And so what you're going to find from this passage is that in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, you've got all three members of the Godhead. That's the opening passage to the Bible. Mm. That's where we should start in our understanding of the Godhead. And moreover, the Bible says in relationship to Jesus that he exists before all things. Mm. That cannot be true if there was a point when he did not have life separate from the Father. Mm. Because if there was ever a time when Jesus did not have life separate from the Father, if he was a recipient of life, then the Father existed before him. But the Bible says he is before all things, therefore he is equal with the Father in his existence. Okay, so we go back to Genesis chapter 1, and right the way through this passage here, you're going to find this same concept coming through. For instance, you go down towards the end of the chapter, in verse 26, the Bible says, And God said, and God, singular, said, Let us, plural, make man in our, plural, image. Mm. All right. Uh, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the uh, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God made man in his image, God singular. You mean the image of God, God singular, created he him, male and female, created he them. Oh, that's interesting. Here the Bible refers to 
man uh, being made in his own image, singular, in the image of God created he him, singular, male and female created he them. So you can have plural that is singular. Mm-hmm. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, etc. Um, and the, the Bible continues on down through there. Uh, you, you find this wherever you go throughout the Bible. In fact, you go to Genesis chapter 2 because people are like, how can you be somebody who serves one God when there is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Isn't that three? No, that is one God. Mm. How do we understand that? Genesis 2 gives you the answer of how you understand that. The Bible says in verse 24, therefore, therefore, therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife. How many people do we have here so far? Two. And they shall be one flesh. They shall be one. So if you want to understand how we have one God, not three gods, verse 24 is your answer. Mm. We were created in the image of God. Therefore, there are attributes of God that have been passed on to us. And one of those attributes in a sinless world is for two to be one, Mm. for plural to be singular. As it brings us to the end of our show, of course, don't forget to stay tuned as The Breakfast Show finishes. We're going to miss you guys until tomorrow, but we will enjoy your company again this morning. It's a fantastic uh, number of people um, enjoying, the, contributing today yes. to the show and just making it such a such better a show. So we love hearing from you guys. We look forward to hearing from you tomorrow as we continue this Bible study. Just got to say this morning, I didn't get a chance to do my thankfulness this morning. Oh, yeah? What are you I, thankful for? I'm just for? thankful that... Um, my ute, I pulled the engine out of it three uh-huh. months ago. Uh-huh. And yesterday it ran again for the first time. That's powerful. And it's just such a such a happy feeling in my heart mm-hmm. that it's actually making a noise now. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's my thankful for today. What are you thankful for? Always be thankful through the day. Remember to talk faith, live faith, ask, act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. Don't forget to talk faith, to live faith, to act faith, and you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. For being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1 800 Faith FM.